Blog Talk Radio. Welcome to the Michael and Chauncey Show. Hello? Yes, Tricia, can you hear us? Yes, I Tricia? can hear you now, Chauncey. Can you hear okay, me? Yeah. Yes, I hear you loud and clear. I saw your number light up on the board, and uh, I was trying to talk to you. I guess you could not hear us, apparently, but thank God, uh, whatever the problem was, it's rectified, and we have you on the air. How are you doing? Well, wonderful. Oh, I'm doing great. Thank you for having me on. That's great. Um, just uh, briefly give a little background about yourself to our listeners uh, and, and talk about a little bit about yourself and why you're running. Sure, sure. Uh, you know, I'm sort of the unexpected politician in this race. Uh, I like to say that I, I believe that this is how our four founders envisioned a government of, by, and for the people. Uh, it's, you know, people from the private sector bringing their talent and their expertise into the legislative arena and crafting policy that will help real people. So that's why I got into this race. I come from a healthcare background. I have 25 years experience, uh, first as a biochemist in oncology, and then I went on to um, corporate pharmaceuticals, and then I started my own consultancy as an entrepreneur. I'm a mother of three, come from a military family, was taught there's something more important than serving your country, and, uh, and that's where I landed, and that's what I intend to do for the people of New Jersey uh, to make New Jersey better than we've ever been. Thank you so much. It's really a blessing to have you on this show. You are a true patriot, uh, the daughter of a veteran. Um, your patriotism for this country has been unwavering uh, from as long as I've known you, and we want to thank you for wanting to step up again for New Jersey uh, by representing us in the Senate. But let's talk about some of the issues that are facing New Jersey, um, and I'll let you pick the ones that you want to talk about. I know you come from a pharmaceutical background. Uh, maybe you can talk on the second half of the show uh, about pharmaceuticals with Michael as it relates to um, the astronomical pricing of uh, prescription drugs. Um, Let's talk about some other issues that are facing New Jersey uh, that you are very dear about and your positions on, on them. Sure, sure. So, uh, you know, we're starting at, uh, in my opinion, less than zero in New Jersey. And what I mean by that is we have to fix what has been broken by what I tend to call the liberal trifecta, 
uh, the the Murphy Menendez Booker assault on New Jersey by taxation, by the assault on our constitutional rights. Uh, you know, when you look at where we are, New Jersey is in a liberal mess. Uh, but there's good news in all of that. I mean, we saw in the off-year election in 2019, even Politico had to admit that of all states that had off-year elections, New Jersey staved off the blue wave quite unexpectedly. And that's encouraging because I've shared on your show and I, uh, you know, I share uh, on, uh, you know, a, a lot of different platforms how my data had shown as early as two years ago that New Jersey skewed conservative. And Gallup recently confirmed that. And then the off-year election in 2019 with the state legislature and the seats we picked up as Republicans, that sealed the deal that, in fact, New Jersey is well on our way to be the next break in the blue wall. The Republican resurgence has begun, and that will begin to fix what's broken. So what do we have to do? What's on that agenda? Well, uh, you know, we have a taxation issue that really resides in Trenton, and we really can't tackle that at the state level until 2021 and beyond. But what we can do this year is we can begin to push back at the federal level. And my comprehensive five-point plan begins to do that with the Constitution Caucus that I've already begun forming, uh, which will be a constitutionally protective lens through which we view all federal legislation for New Jersey. Uh, We have rights that we can leverage. We just need a senator who uh, understands that and is ready to push back, and I am. And then uh, we need to replace Cory Booker. He must go. But who we replace him with matters has to be a constitutional conservative. That's who can win, and that's who can bring the policies that are right for New Jersey to correct what's already been broken. I think we can do that. Well said. Um, Do you think that under Governor Phil Murphy that the Second Amendment is being threatened in New Jersey at this time? I think it's uh, under attack like never before, and we are we are in jeopardy of uh, completely losing our Second Amendment rights. And in, in many ways, the remainder of our constitutional rights uh, hinge on the Second Amendment. So as the Second Amendment goes, so goes, you could argue, the full Bill of Rights. So, yes, Phil Murphy has taken full aim at, uh, at the Second Amendment, but uh, there's more good news there as well. Um, we have uh, folks uh, like Mark Cheeseman, who is to get uh, our rights back uh, judicially, but we need to pair that with a legislative agenda that I am prepared to fight for. And again, I go back to stating that there are federal provisions that we can rest on and rely on. And when we begin to push back at the federal level, we will see that the state's rights, the Tenth Amendment, uh, can only go so far as our overarching constitution will allow it. And again, I would argue that uh, there aren't a lot of U.S. senators who use that Senate seat to the full advantage of the constitution, but particularly Cory Booker. Uh, I don't, I don't know if he can. He has a law degree, and I don't think he can even find uh, a copy of the constitution. At least that's what it looks like. Uh, as far as he has legislated. And uh, that's, again, our first step to regaining our, not just our Second Amendment rights, but uh, to protecting every other constitutional right that flows from it. Thank you so much. 
what are some of the other issues um, that are facing New Jersey that you would like to address? Sure. Well, we have a uh, we have an issue that New Jersey gets very little back from Washington, D.C., especially compared to other states. Dollar for dollar, what we put in, uh, we're at the bottom of what we get back. So, uh, you know, there's been a lot of um, uh, kind of arbitration at the federal level saying, well, New Jersey, you'll get what we tell you to get. Um, But that's because, again, we haven't had a full and strong voice that was clear and present to fight for those dollars. Um, I'm a businesswoman as well. I mentioned that I come from an oncology background, but I am a business owner. I'm a mother of three. I know what it's like to have to put food on the table and to pay the taxes and to be a business owner. Um, This is that real-world perspective that career legislators just do not understand. And when you've had to fight like I have had to fight, uh, being a woman CEO in, in the STEM field, um, you know, again, being a, you know, an entrepreneur and, and having to fight every day to make my business work and to make my dollars stretch further. I know full well what it takes to fight for a budget to be balanced and to fight to get back what we need um, in New Jersey. That's what is going to make the difference at the table in Washington, D.C. And, uh, you know, I, I think that, that that's the fighter that New Jersey needs. Uh, I'm also fully prepared to push back on corporations that, will, that, that are benefiting from the infrastructure that taxpayers are ponying up for. So meaning that, you know, why should all of our in- infrastructure tax bills and why should all of the dollars that we're fighting for be on the backs of taxpayers when there are corporations that are ready to uh, to you know come to the table with their with uh, with their contribution. When we look at that in the full equation of what we can achieve and who needs to help, well, it's kind of the art of the, of the deal that our president talks about. And I will never claim to be as good a negotiator as he is, but I've cut my teeth in uh, in the international business world, and I'm ready to put that to work for New Jersey to get more of what we need back from Washington. <clears throat> Thank you so much. Education has been a big topic uh, in New Jersey. Um, We are funding education, yet the results are not really getting to the classroom, especially in our poor uh, communities. I've interviewed a lot of candidates across the country, and uh, a lot of the candidates think that we should consider abolishing the public education system and turn it over to the states. Um, Right now, the education budget on the national level is greater than the military budget, over a trillion dollars. What do you think about uh, the education in New Jersey? What do you think about um, the federal education and, of course, the overreach or bloatedness of it having an impact on these states and and taking away from, if you will, um, the states allowing them to do what they need to do to educate children. Mm-hmm. Well, I will I will start with the phrase that you just ended with: the state needing to educate. Uh, I think that that is 
the problem. I, I don't think the state should be in the business of education. Mm-hmm. Uh, I'm all for uh, now. I, I'm I'm not I'm not all for uh, abolishing public education in its entirety. But if we did that, the last thing we do we need to do is turn it over to government. But big government has never done anything good in the history of big government. <laughs> And so to turn over our children, this is a place that's near and dear to my heart with three children, to turn over education to a failing system, it's just wrong on its face. What I'd be more in favor of is turning it over in its entirety into the independent uh, educational system that has been proven. Let's look at endpoints. That's been proven to have better outcomes than the failing uh, public school system that, that, that you mentioned. So a few things, um, you know, when we unpack what needs to happen with education, we have a funding issue, we have a curriculum mm-hmm. issue, and then we have this overarching federal issue. So I'll start with the last one. So I've heard a lot of folks talk about abolishing um, mm-hmm. you know, the educational uh, offices at the federal level. I am not for that, and I'll tell you why, because I – I believe that the federal level is our fa- is our last line of just so what I mean by that is I'm for a federal education initiative, but to make sure its only function should be making sure that the state doesn't get too entwined with a child's education. A child's education should be the decision should be uh, residing with the family and the family alone. And if we look at that that uh, the tax dollars that are going to a bloated uh, state level budget. And if we took those dollars back and gave them to the families to educate their children the way they wanted, we would solve 90% of the problem. Uh, look, at, look at the stunning in the State of the Union when that young lady in the audience who was denied school choice at her local level and then President Trump said, you are going to be able to go to the school of your choice. That moment encapsulates everything that I think has to be done with the educational system on a front and on a Again, federal level, making sure that the state level does not uh, overreach. That's how I see it as its only function. Then we have a curriculum issue. And I recently gave a statement at the uh, Board of Education hearing about, uh, you know, parental choice there as well. And uh, you probably are familiar with the LGBTQ curriculum that is being mandated now by Governor Murphy. And if we look at California where it's already taken root, I will tell you this, that um, the outpouring was so large, pushing back against having a mandated LGBTQ curriculum in our state, that it had to be, the, the one hearing had to be spread out into five different hearing rooms. And it was encouraging that virtually every faith was represented, virtually uh, every family value position was represented. And when you looked at the state board of education, what the curriculum was that they were introducing, that they're proposing, some of it was so offensive that it had to be covered. You couldn't even, it was so graphic that there had to be a covering. And, And I said in that room, I'm not old enough to see these images, let alone children who are in, in the first round. It'll be high schoolers and middle schoolers. But in, if, again, looking at California, 
these are kids as young as kindergartners. It's offensive, and it underscores how parents have to be the only people who make the choice for children's education in our state, in our classrooms, and the federal level just has to support the parents. That's what's key. Thank you so much, Tricia. You know, it's a shame I've interviewed candidates out of Florida, California, <clears throat> excuse me, and um, it is very appalling, um, like you just outlined, what they're doing, introducing to our kids at an elementary school level as it re- relates to different people's sexual preference and orientation, which I don't personally think that there is a place, any of our educational system, it undermines on the heels of Black History Month, on the heels of Dr. Martin King's birthday, that he said his vision that his children would be judged by the content and character, not by the color of their skin. Now we have to add sexual orientation. I, I don't, for the life of me, understand how sexual orientation of a person is important to elevate one's level of consciousness to be able to compete in a global society. It is beyond my comprehension. Even here in New Jersey, with them trying to institute the LBTQ, but we have people graduating high school with a non-proficionary in English, reading, and math in all of our major cities throughout the state. And they're worrying about teaching our children about people's sexual orientations, yet our kids are graduating who can't even read and write. It is a shame. Well, you are, you're 100% right, Chauncey. I, I, well said, uh, beautifully articulated. That is the crux of the issue. Uh, you know, and, and even some of this curriculum goes as far as indoctrination of, a, you know, one particular lifestyle and life choice over another. And, and that's not what schools should be about. It's about exactly what you outlined. We've gone so far away from the core of what we need to be teaching kids. The only way back is uh, remanding uh, the, the choice and the power back to we the people as parents. You're absolutely correct, and I hope when you get to the Senate, you will push that the curriculum in the elementary school, in the public schools, and, you know, most kids are graduating grammar school today, not even knowing presidents, not even understanding forms of government, not even understanding the history of our country, that it's a republic, it's not a country, it's not a nation. I mean, look at what our colleges are producing, AOCs, who has, she, Alexander Ocasio-Cortez has absolutely no clue on what she's talking about on any given level. It's really sad that our higher educations are indoctrinating our children into socialism as a way of life for this country. And I bet you Alexander uh, Cortasio Cortez has never even been to a socialist country and knows what socialism is about. It, it is a shame. You know, when, when I grew up, when I went to school, we said the Pledge of Allegiance. We said the, the prayers. I mean, I at least understood before I graduated grammar school the three levels of government. I understood how they functioned. 
the executive branch, legislative uh, uh, branch, and the courts. Our kids are not even learning cursive, are not effectively, we're not even doing critical thinking anymore. Our kids are being raised by cell phones and iPads. And, you know, our kids are, are, are don't even have the uh, uh, availability, or I should say the understanding, on how to research information, go to libraries, um, unless, you know, uh, their parents took them to libraries when they were kids. I mean, it's a shame uh, today uh, that our kids are graduating with more of a lack of knowledge on how the United States in the history country works than people that graduated with an eighth grade education in the 1940s and 50s. It's a real shame. I had on my show yesterday talking about the collapse of the American educational system with uh, Professor Nicholas Giordano, out of um, political science professor out of Suffolk County. Uh, you know, I, I hope uh, my hope is that Congress people, senators like yourself, when you, when you get in office, will will really address if we're going to save the public education system. The way that we're going to save the public education system is the underpinning of it has to be rooted in what the foundation of this country was founded on. That and, and, and the branches of government, you know, in order for us to save our children, because our children are not even learning basic literacy, basic comprehension skills. And it's sad. Our kids today cannot compete in a global society. But it's important for the left and these liberal Democrats to say, but it's important for your children to know about people's sexual orientation. Well, I'm sorry. Uh, I'm a man of faith. Like, I know you're a woman of faith. That goes against all moral principles of the Bible. We're supposed to be looking out for our children and protecting our children, and you're indoctrinating them with satanic rituals of pornography. It is so disgusting. It is unbelievable, and I pray I pray for those individuals. Yes, go ahead. Yeah, no, I, amen. I mean, I, I, I am, I am, I am one hundred percent with you, and and you know, I, I always try to go to that of our, you know, what can we do to solve that, and and you know, that's exactly why. I have proposed the formation of my Constitution Caucus Initiative. And, you know, it's tragic that it doesn't exist. You would assume that the U.S. Senate body as a whole would be evaluating legislation already, according to our Constitution. But much like the U.S. Uh, House of Representatives has the Freedom Caucus, uh, this would be a counterbalance to that and a counterpart in the U.S. Senate to address legislation on a constitutional level. So, for example, when we address the federal education issues that will push back this liberal assumption on the educational system, there would be federal legislation that can already within the structure of maintaining, not just addressing the educational balance, but protecting and maintaining 
our First Amendment rights as parents because we do have a constitutional right to freedom of religion, not freedom from religion. And this falls under that provision where you cannot induce curriculum to children whose families object to its content, to its content on uh, faith grounds, just like we're talking about now. And we have a right to that. This is America. We can teach our children the moral values that we decide are right for our kids, not the state, not the educational system, certainly not the Board of Education, and certainly not Phil Murphy, Cory Booker, or Bob Menendez. They've all got to go. And I'll add one more practical point to this. The way we end up with legislators like that in New Jersey is that conservatives have sat out in the last critical election. Now, I understand why they did, because when conservatives see a choice between a Democrat with a D next to his name and a Democrat with an R next to his name, they just say, I'm out. It's a Democrat or a Democrat. I'm out. The key is to nominating a true constitutional conservative. That's who can win in New Jersey. And again, the proof is in this last election in 2019, look at Mike Testa, a true constitutional conservative. They said he couldn't, and he proved them all wrong. Right before the election, he was down in the polls by 14 points. And we knew what we knew when President Trump won that we're the silent majority. Well, now we're ready to be the MAGA majority and we're ready to war. And I need everybody who's listening to get out and vote in the primary June 2nd because that's how we're going to tee up a constitutional conservative like myself to take on Cory Booker, and that will be the win. Uh, Tricia Flanagan, thank you so much. And that's going to lead us into, please hold for a moment, that's going to lead us into our second segment talking about national issues. Tricia Flanagan is my co-host, Michael Bloomman Jr., who is running for Congress in the Florida 21st Congressional District. He is in the studio now, and I'd like to welcome my co-host, Michael, uh, to the show. Thank you so much, Chauncey. Uh, it's such a great honor. I was at actually tonight, and, and I think Trisha will love this, and I'm so thankful she's on the show, and I'm thankful for her running, and that's why we have the Michael and Chauncey show. We want to uh, promote conservative values and, and give people a platform to overthrow the establishment, the deep state, and really institutionalize uh, patriots who want to put forward great legislation that supports the Constitution of the United States of America and the House of Representatives and the U.S. Senate. So we have an obligation here. Um, tonight I just came from a town hall that Lois Frankel, uh, she's one of the people who try to impeach, impeach our president, Donald J. Trump. I was at a, a, a town hall with her, and I asked her um, some very – specific questions as, as a constituent. Um, I didn't go in there to try to hijack her or at, from a political perspective. I simply asked her some community questions, and she refused to a answer the questions. She seemed aloof, quite honestly, of, of the real issues. Um, I'm down here in Florida in District 21, and I'm sure Tristan knows in New Jersey, a lot of these issues from community to community are a little bit different you know, depending on the demographic and the, the environment of the community. But at the end of the day, a lot of these issues, such as immigration, national defense, 
border security, human trafficking, um, health care. We talk about um, Social Security and the, and the health care and Medicaid and Medicare problems that we're facing in this country. These are universal problems that are across the country. And a lot of socialists, what they want to do is they want to come to the table and say, look, the government's here. We're here to help. And look, we've allocated all this money to help you. You should be happy. You should be, you know, just accept your place in the world. And that's not the right answer. We need legislators who are in U.S. Congress who are going to fight. We're going to bring the truth to Congress, and we're going to bring uh, the, a change for the community. You know, former President Barack Obama, he ran on a platform of change. But the change he brought to the table was terrible for America. And I put some posts out on Twitter today, and, and please follow the Michael and Chauncey show on Liberty Today USA. Um, please share our, our, our shows on Blog Talk Radio. It airs every Tuesday and Thursday from 7 to 8 p.m. Um, please follow Chauncey's show, Conservative Talk Radio. Um, please catch my show, Live with Michael Bloomling Jr. It's my podcast, and it's on about 15 different platforms. I've interviewed close to 40 candidates across the country. But what we're trying to do is bring real change. And on my platform, For USA Freedom, it's my verified Twitter account, I talked about today, I had a poll about um, should President Barack Obama be brought on charges of treason? And I believe he should be. I was on national uh, radio yesterday talking about it. And what it comes down to is he took money that was delivered to Iran that was used by terrorist organizations, by terrorist regimes to kill American soldiers. And these are our brothers and sisters, mothers and fathers. These are people that have gave this ultimate sacrifice for America. But that was a direct result of what President, former President Barack Obama did. And I think there should be accountability. And that's what we're missing in this country. And that's what I want to bring to Congress. And I'm so thankful for people like Tricia Flanagan for her coming on the show and being an advocate to fight as a patriot because that's what we need in U.S. Congress. So with that, Tricia, thank you so much for what you're doing, and thank you for coming on the Michael and Chauncey Show. Oh, it's such an honor to be on with you uh, both, and, and thank you for everything that you're doing to make sure that justice is served, that our Constitution is honored and upheld. And I, I, I'm just, you know, I'm excited to be in this fight with such great patriots, so thank you. Absolutely. You know, that's what I've come to realize. You know, I see these people that are fighting for office, and, and it's the deep state. It's the, the, they're globalists. That's really what it comes down to. We're fighting socialists like uh, Elizabeth Warning, War, Warning, Warner. Um, we're fighting Joe Biden. <laughs> we're fighting uh, Bernie Sanders. Bernie Sanders and all these other people. And, and they're just, you know, our president has given them these nicknames, you know, uh, Little Mike. And, or Mini Mike or whatever, you know, you got Mike. Sleepy Joe. I mean, these people, yeah, exactly. These people are terrible. Crazy Bernie. And they're a joke. Crazy like, Bernie. Exactly. <laughs> they have these nicknames, and it's like, you know, it's like how, is a, how, is a, how are Americans taking these people serious? But what I found is that, that the people that are actually want to fight for the Constitution, that they're being dumbed down because they're not fighting for special interests. And that's the reason why I'm running for Congress, and I know you are as well, is that we got to fight together. We got to get in the foxhole, as, as we say when I served in the military, and we got to roll our sleeves up. We got to do the dirty work, and we got to be the next generation that preserves the Constitution for future generations. You are so right, and thank you for your service. And, and as, as Chauncey outlined, and as I was sharing, that I come from a military family, and it's that military mindset of 
service of, above all else really is necessary in Congress today. I, I think we really turned a corner in 2016. Uh, you know, I mentioned that we were the silent majority then. We're ready to be the MAGA majority now. And we're ready to take that mantle of service. Uh, that's how we're going to fully drain the swamp. That's how we get rid of politicians like Pencil Neck Schiff, like, uh, you know, there should be a warning about Warren, uh, you know, like all of these socialists that are really communists. Let's face it. I mean, there's, there's no daylight between those two ideologies, and, and it's dangerous for America. But the, the great news and why I'm so optimistic is that patriots are banding together with us, and we're ready to pull together in the same direction to make 2020 the year that we really accomplish America's agenda. We'll support President Trump, and we'll get it all the way done. Yeah, and that's really important. You know, I see that you're running for U.S. Senate in New, New Jersey against Cory Booker, who also tried to throw his, his name in the hat uh, for U.S. president. And uh, we knew that that wasn't going to go anywhere. But this is a very interesting co- uh, component. You look at the 2018 Republican candidates for U.S. president, and you look at the candidates in 2020 from the Democratic, Democrats for, um, <laughs> for U.S. presidency. And you see the lack of diversity. If you look at the two, it's like night and day. The Republicans actually tried to bring some diversified candidates. You had Marco Rubio. You had President Trump. You have people from all over different walks of life. And now you're seeing just the same old, the same old globalistic approach to trying to get these same Democrats back into office. That's why I signed on for term limits, and I'm actually interviewing the president of term limits who started it on my podcast on Thursday. So I, I think that this is really important. We have these lifelong politicians who are just – it's like a money machine. All they're doing is going to the cash register and cashing a check. Yeah. Yeah, well, and that that's, again, how, that's exactly how we got the swamp. And, you know, I don't think our forefathers ever envisioned uh, a role for a bureaucrat in government. I mean, absolute power corrupts absolutely. And so I'm not surprised that we're here uh, in this place. Uh, but, you know, what we need to do about it is I am in favor of term limits as well. I mean, I would really ideally rather to see an engaged and informed electorate that makes sure to hold politicians accountable at the ballot. When we, when we see where we've gotten and how we really have to pull the plug and, and make sure that, you know, the bureaucrats that have never had a real job uh, that can't produce legislation that's going to be effective for real people because they've never lived the real experience. Um, that's what's going to be the big benefit of making sure that we get this new blood, the new blood of patriotism back into our Congress. Uh, and, 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 you know, that, that's going to be one of the keys, I think, to uh, who's going to be elected in 2020. Yeah, I think it's really important. And we have Tricia Flanagan with us. She's running for U.S. Senate in New Jersey against Cory Booker on the Michael and Chauncey Show. You can contribute to the Michael and Chauncey Show at patreon.com. Um, that would really help us to expand the show, reach more um, individuals. Now, I'm going to be up at CPAC next week, Tricia. Are you going to CPAC? I have some meetings set up, and we have some great hope for optimism about the future for this 2020 election um, because for my primary is in August, and the general election, of course, is November. Why don't you talk a little bit about what your strategy is and some of the resources that you're trying to utilize to get you across the finish line? Sure. Um, And CPAC is one of my favorite conventions uh, of all times. I was there last year. Um, You know, the the unfortunate thing uh, this year is that 
the New Jersey GOP Leadership Summit is at the very same time. It's, it's exactly the same days. And so I do have to be at that leadership summit, um, but uh, gosh, full nod to CPAC and to Matt Schlapp. Uh, I was interviewed on Broadcast Row when I was there last year. I was interviewed by Liberty HealthShare about my uh, healthcare plan, and I got an on-air endorsement from them. Um, I, uh, I spoke to them right after their CEO had introduced our president to the stage. And uh, it, it, was, it was a great event. I, I know you're going to have a great event this year as well, and uh, I will be with you in spirit, uh, but I will have to be at the Leadership Summit uh, in, in every other way. But, but to pivot to uh, exactly what you just asked about, you know, our, our pathway to victory, um, because I'm not one for a fool's errand myself, and if I didn't see by the numbers that this is the way we can win, I really wouldn't be in this. Uh, but, but the reality is, uh, if I can unpack a few boring numbers, uh, I, I'll do that now because I think it will fully illustrate uh, how it's critical that we get to the polls on June 2nd and make sure that I am nominated as the GOP candidate. I'll tell you why that's important. Uh, Gallup recently confirmed, uh, my numbers had shown as early as the spring of 2018 that New Jersey skews conservative. And boy, was I the laughing stock. They say, oh, well, then why are we irretrievably blue? Well, you know, we have been blue by voter turnout, not by voter demographics. And I'm just give you a simple math equation that will tell the story in its entirety. So the story that the Democrats, or I should say the lie the Democrats have wanted all of us to believe, that they've effectively pushed on America and New Jersey, is that if you look at just the Democrats who are registered versus Republicans, yeah, their narrative holds water. They're 2.1 million and we're 1.2 million. It looks like we're outnumbered by almost two to one. But the secret treasure trove of voters that we've extolled and uncovered is the largest sector of the 5.8 million registered voters in New Jersey are the 2.4 million registered, unaffiliated, conservative. What happened was years ago, there was a fractionation in the Republican Party of New Jersey. The true conservatives, and let's face it, make no mistake about this, some of our counties in New Jersey are deeper red than some of the deep red counties in Alabama. We're two-way country. We're pro-life. We're, we're against sanctuary cities, and we're against the liberal assault that we've seen from Governor Murphy and Cory Booker and Bob Menendez. But what happens at the voting booth is the establishment in New Jersey tends to be lukewarm. And when they pick a candidate and only the establishment comes out for the primary, we get a lukewarm Republican who's really seen as a Democrat by those conservatives and that largest sector of voters stays home. Guess what? If we change that and if we pull in that largest sector of voters by far, that 2.4 million, in addition to the 1.2 million registered Republicans, now we're the majority. Now we're 3.6 million. Now we're 56% of the electorate. And that's the win. But we've got to get there June 2nd, and then we can get all the way to victory in November. That's fantastic information. I love how you break it down because I feel the same way here in Florida. Uh, South Florida, we have a lot of corruption from Central uh, and South America that comes up here. We do have an immigration problem. We have a human trafficking problem. I'm fighting to eradicate human trafficking in Palm Beach County here. It's something that's high on my list of things that we need to resolve as far as homelessness. I mean, we have a lot of senior 
citizens who are becoming homeless. But when you look at the demographics, the people have to become awakened, so to speak. Um, I know there's been a lot of talk out there about QAnon, and, and you and I have been linked to that and, and exposing the truth. And I think this is important. We do have to be people that are educating people. You talk about voter fraud and uh, a driver's license. Everybody, you need an identification to do everything in this country except vote. So how is that possible? I support voter ID a thousand percent. We need to have a process where if you're, if you're dead or you, we, we have people that are voting in two districts, we have people that are dead that are voting, we have people that are voting four, five, six times. This is so um, blatant, what is happening by the left, and it's, it's skewing the numbers. So when you look at a district like mine, you say, oh, well, Lois Frankel, she's D plus nine. You know, how are you going to overcome that? She has like $1.2 million in the bank. The, rate, the way that I'm going to overcome it is I'm going to get the people excited. I had an interview yesterday, and they were like, if, like through the radio interview, people are like, we feel like it, it's just so electric, what's happening, the conversation, your passion. That's how the community wakes up. We have to do that, and we're not going to do that only through social media, which we know that the, we're getting censored through big tech. We know that Twitter and Facebook, I'm banned on Facebook until April from accessing groups that I'm a member of. I don't curse. I don't put any negative information. I don't put any despairing information. I only put truth out, and that's what we're facing as candidates. And also another thing is the safety of us. We don't have any protection running for U.S. Congress or U.S. Senate. And so what that means is that we're putting our life on the line for our country. Now, I come from a whole family of patriots who served in the military. My grandfather, my father was in Vietnam on USS Kitty Hawk. Um, I served pre and post 9-11. I spent three and a half years overseas. And I've done all these things, so I'm not afraid to battle the swamp. But you talk about some of these other candidates across the country, we're very vulnerable. Yeah, and, and I share, uh, you know, I didn't serve in the military personally as a, uh, you know, as a service member, but my dad, he served his career in the U.S. Navy. My grandfather served in World War One in the Army. Uh, Army Navy Day, game day is, is tough in our house. <laughs> we were for both teams. Um, but, but the bottom line is just what you're talking about. It's, you know, it's service above self. And, you know, when we look at what we're up against, uh, look, you know, we're the David, they're the Goliath, but uh, we have the, the five smooth stones. And, and you know, I, I'm, I'm more and more encouraged every day. Uh, I've recently been reached by a, a, a few PACs um, that are, are getting behind me. Um, one, of the, um, one of the PACs I've been speaking to represents some women's groups uh, where I would never ask anyone to vote for me just because I'm a woman. I believe my policies are why you should vote for me. But if we can make history in the process, which we will, I'll be the first woman ever elected to the U.S. House, uh, to the U.S. Uh, Senate from the state of New Jersey. Uh, it should be a Republican woman, and uh, and we're ready to war in that regard as well. And uh, you know, if we can make history in the process uh, in the year that we celebrate the hundredth anniversary of the Nineteenth Amendment, when women got the right to vote, I mean, this is an amazing time to push back on the Democrat narrative that women uh, on, you know, Republican women are in crisis. That was a headline in the New York times not too long ago. Uh, well, no, we're not. And in fact, more women are running for elected office now as Republicans than ever before in our history. And I intend to be that first woman elected to the U S Senate. And, and it, 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 it shows the strength and the power of what we bring to the table. 
Thank you so much. We have Trisha Flanagan on the uh, Michael and Chauncey show, and I love that because you know what? I love diversity. I fought diversity for Department of Labor. When I got out of the military, I was an investigator. I fought for diversity for um, discrimination and employment for women, individuals with disabilities, veterans, and minorities. America is a melting pot. You know, a lot of times people say, well, you know, the, the Latino American community, the, the African American community, we're all Americans. At the end of the day, we need to have, if everybody talked the same, that's what I believe socialism is and communism. They want everybody to dress the same, talk the same, and do the same thing. And you have to be under control. You have to do it on someone else's time. We live in America. This is a free country. We need freedom. If you look at the uh, State of the Union address, you look at this. I'm just so sick of this as, a, as an American who loves this country. I'm so sick of seeing one half of the room cheering and applauding a, a soldier coming home to his family, a, a young girl being recognized for work that she's doing through her school and, and how she's going to you know, receive an award. And you know, all these great achievements, the Tuskegee, the Tuskegee Airmen, you know, all these great things. You've got one half of the room that is just, you know, so much patriotism for the red, white, and blue, the freedom, the justice, the liberty of the United States of America. And then you have the other half, and they look like they just got into um, – they were just in the Fight Club movie, and they, they were just got their, um, their ass beat really bad in a private club that, you know, a whole bunch of people that just want to make money for destroying humanity. I mean, really, that's how – it's like Fight Club. It's like this is America. Everybody, regardless, this isn't about Democrats or Republicans, Independents, Green Party, Libertarians. It's about people coming together. That's when we're the best. That's what America stands for. So when you have people that are out here causing division, like Lois Frankel, like Cory Booker, we need to be at the State of the Union address next year, Tricia. You and I and the rest of the patriots across this country, we can't get them all through. Chauncey and I are working to try to help as many as we can, but I guarantee you when I get in there by the grace of God, by the will of God, that I am going to fight like they've never seen before, and not as independently, but as a member of the Freedom Caucus, as a member of the House of Representatives that serves the American people, and the patriots that stand under that oath that agree to that, that want to serve the American people, we're going to do something extraordinary. And the next four years of the presidency of Donald J. Trump is going to be the most, the biggest boom of this country. Because once we win back the House, we're going to see so many changes, and America can really put ourselves in the position we need to be, rebuilding our infrastructure, rebuilding our schools, putting, you know, the emphasis back in the family, not killing babies, giving people the humanity and opportunity to live the American dream and have a better quality of life. Amen. Absolutely. Absolutely. I look forward to shaking your hand and seeing you at that next year's State of the Union address. What a glorious day that will be. Absolutely. Well, thank you so much for coming on the show. Chauncey, you have anything else? I mean, why don't you share anything else that you want to share? We have about five more minutes, and then we'll close it out. But anything you want to share with the audience, the mic is yours, Tricia. Oh, well, thank you both. It's been an honor and a pleasure. It's always great to talk to you, Chauncey, and it's, it's great to have this inaugural moment with you, Michael. I look forward to discussions to come. And, and thank you to your audience. Uh, you know, thank you for listening. Thank you for being engaged and involved. Because as we've been discussing, it's time we put the choice and our government back into the hands of we the people. And in order for that to happen, we have to get to that voting booth 
both in November and also in every primary in every state in this country. We have to make sure that we vet candidates and make sure they're in line with President Trump and America's agenda. We've seen what our president can do on his own. We've seen what he can do in the face of full adversity coming uh, definitely from the House of Representatives and even in some parts from the rhinos in the Senate. When we achieve that full majority, what I like to call a MAGA majority, we will be ready to fully implement and fully complete America's agenda. That's what's going to benefit each and every one of us in each and every one of our states. So I I encourage you to stay close. I look forward to stay close on this journey. And uh, please find me on social media. I'm on Twitter and Facebook, the same handle, at New Day for NJ, all spelled out. It's Trisha Flanagan for U.S. Senate, verified Twitter account. Uh, Please follow me uh, also on Instagram at Trisha Flanagan for Senate. And uh, let's make this the year that we roar as the lions that are ready to take back our government. I thank you for listening. Thanks for staying engaged. And I look forward to next time. Thank you so much. I can't wait for that handshake. And uh, we're going to have a, a great um, ability to serve the American people. And that's, that's going to be our number one focus is to serve the American people and bring truth and justice. So thank you for wanting to be a part of that. And God bless America and God bless New Jersey. God bless Florida and God bless all the places where we need to win back these critical seats to make our country the way that it's meant to be, that, that we have this opportunity with the Constitution that is our, it's our guide. It gives us all the information we need to have a successful, peaceful, free nation. And it's our ability as humans, as Americans, to bring that to life and to ensure that when we have the 4th of July, when we have Veterans Day, when we have these moments to celebrate our history, that we do that. That's why we need to bring civics back to our schools. We need to get back to the bare elements of the Constitution and our freedom and the Bill of Rights. So thank you, Tricia. God bless you so much. And uh, I can't wait to meet you in person. Same here. God bless you all. Thank you, Tricia. I know. Michael Trisha Flanagan is an awesome American. Yes. No, great job, man. Great job. We know we we bring the truth on the show. We bring the the real candidates. We bring the we bring the the conservative values that this country is just ready to emphasize and to support a million percent. And I think we're doing something that is just you know it's 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 the work of God. You know, we come in here, you know. You're Jewish. I'm Judeo-Christian. We all we're a family. It doesn't matter where Amen. you come from or what walk of life. Americans, we're a family, and that's what it's all about. And I love being a part of your family. Uh, I love serving Israel. I love serving America. America. I love serving the freedom of religion. I think it's important that you know that we we emphasize that. You know, the freedoms of religion that we have in this country are so important. And it's great that people from two different walks of life. It's I'm Catholic. You know, it's not Jewish against Catholic or Jewish against Christian. We got to come together. And I'm really As praying American. that the Jewish community real. I'm, I'm really praying that the Jewish community in this election really realizes that the Republican Party is trying to help them and bring peace to their to their religious freedoms. You know, Michael, thank you so much again. Uh, we are both here, and I'm blessed by the Spirit of the Most High to be able to have this platform with you. 
We have real people, real issues, and real talk on our platform. We're breaking through the mainstream media by bringing you people who want to serve the public good and the public will from on the ground across the country. And I am honored and blessed to be a part of this movement, this 2020 Red Movement with you, Michael, where we're raising the level of consciousness of American people. This is about America. Please, I do not want to have another 9-11 happen to us for us to say that we're Americans first. Please, people, remember what happened on 9-11. I was there as a firefighter at Ground Zero. You do not need another 9-11 for everybody to start putting up the American flag and for everybody to come together that we're Americans. Please, that's why Michael and I are doing this. We're trying to wake up the American people that are asleep, and we're trying to give hope and encouragement for those who are standing up for the rights of all of us to preserve and protect our liberties in the Constitution. Michael is running for Florida Congress out of the 21st District. Proud of you. Again, you served our country. You served the federal government. Now you're stepping up to serve our country again in Congress. I applaud you, Michael, candidates that we have on this show that stand up for the American people. You sacrificed your life and your home and your family to help save this nation and save this country. And that should not go unchecked and unnoticed. We have a group of patriots running for national office across this country like at no time before in American history. More veterans, well, more children of veterans that are running for office to serve the public good. And I'm so blessed that we have this platform here, Michael, to speak directly to the American people, truth to power, help save our nation. For those that are tuning in, this is the Michael and Chauncey Show. I'm your host, Chauncey Brown, my co-host, Michael Blumen, Jr., congressional candidate out of Florida, 21st District. Please help us get our message out by donating to the Michael and Chauncey Show, Payatron, so we can continue to expand our platform and have top-quality public service on our show. You can follow the Michael and Chauncey Show on Facebook, at the Michael and Chauncey Show, also on Twitter, at Liberty Today USA. Please join us this Thursday. Um, but next Thursday, we're going to be off, I believe, or is it this Thursday, Michael? So do, next Thursday, we will be off air. So you know, um, I will be at CPAC, as right. we talked about, and Chauncey will be um, in a medical procedure. So. We'll be back on this yeah. Thursday. We will have our show this Thursday. Thank you very much, and God bless America. Good night, America. Thank you for tuning in to the Michael and Chauncey Show. Please follow us on Twitter at Liberty Today USA. You can also contribute to the show on Patreon. 